Either way, let's let's talk about this book. So we're talking about the Deviant today. This is uh, new number one, of course, from James whatever the fourth and uh, Joshua Hickson <laughs> on the illustration. It's an image book, and uh, yeah, this one's this one's cool. I'm not going to go into James. James's uh, back catalog of, of titles because he's done a billion and everybody knows his name. So there's no point in doing that. Joshua Hickson, like pretty, pretty famous for the plot. If you guys remember that vault book that started mm-hmm. like a few years yeah. ago, I have, I don't know, there's a book up there of the plot, but yeah, I really liked that book a lot. That was a cool book. And then he did, do you guys remember Shanghai Red? Did you read that? The like on sea no. book, like the, that was a really cool book too, but he, he did that. So those are like his two biggest things. He's done some other stuff and done covers and everything, obviously. But um, that's that's pretty much where Joshua, Josh, sorry, Joshua Hickson has been the last few years. Uh, and then this book, I, I know I always stumble through these. You know what? I should start making Nick read these since uh, since he works at a school. He could probably uh, read things much better than me. But um, anyway, I, I could do it. You want me to do it? You got a synopsis in front of you? I can pull it up. <laughs> Grab one by me and, by, well, me and Benny Stahl. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a nice haircut you got going on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I, I can I read it. I got it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I got it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh, snow falls over Milwaukee in 1972. A bloodstained Santa Claus commits unimaginable atrocities against young men. Fifty years later, a troubled young writer interviews this so-called deviant killer, who still maintains his innocence from behind bars. And as Christmas approaches once again, the past returns, wielding a sharpened. Axe. Eisner winning writer James Tynan, the fourth, <laughs> <laughs> and acclaimed artist Joshua Hickson. Uh, the plot, Children of the Woods. I never read Children of the Woods, um, but I did read the plot. The plot was pretty good. Um, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they unite for a pitch black holiday horror story. Beautifully just, read. Well, just in time for the holidays. For real. Well, it's, it's cool because like we're between the two. Like, you, you know, the two big ones for, for me, at least you got Halloween, you got uh, Christmas. Like it always sucks because Halloween's, you know, I think we talked about this before, but like Halloween's a thing for like, you know, a week or two and then it's just, it's gone. But Christmas is around for like the whole fourth quarter of the year. So, um, so, you know, Halloween just gets buried pretty quickly. So it's always cool whenever you have these, I don't know, like horror themed, like Christmas things to, to bring a little bit of Halloween back into it. So I'm excited. We have that. Yeah, I love the mixing of the two uh, yeah. holidays. It always <laughs> leads to leads to pretty fun stories. Exactly. Right. Um, I was going to ask Benny for our um, for our ignorant American listeners and for <laughs> me, uh, what's Thanksgiving like up in Canada? Do you guys do the same stuff? Uh, we have pretty similar traditions. Yeah, we celebrate it a bit earlier, but we have. Typically turkeys to eat, but usually my family tradition is to have a big bowl of chili in the center. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Like just regular yeah. chili, like turkey chili? Or are you eating the chili and the turkey like in unison? Like uh, Last time we did have uh, both the bird and the pot, so oh, okay. we were wow. able to <laughs> have a small bowl beside some cuts. I was about to say, dude, that's like a feast. Like y'all are y'all are going to oh, town yeah. on my, Thanksgiving over there. My family goes all out for holiday feasts. 
I want to see. I, I would. I would love to go to a Canadian Thanksgiving where they have a turkey in the middle and they just dump chili all over the turkey and then they eat it like that. Ooh, you're giving me ideas, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> careful, careful. Benny might uh, share some picks next time. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Also, uh, Benny, you should start a, a Thanksgiving-inspired comic called "The Bird in the Pot." <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I definitely read that. Uh, there's already a pot calling, uh, pot, sorry, a pot calling the kettle black and fun in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you could definitely squeeze one out of that for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, let's let's talk about this book. There's like so much to talk about with this book. I don't even know where to start. Uh, I guess just, you know, narratively, and I want to pass it along to you guys, of course, to, to tell your you know, versions of it or whatever. But, but, you know, narratively, this, 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 takes place in, I can't say present day because it actually takes place in the future, you know, a couple of weeks from now in December, oh, which yeah, we're not in yet. But yeah, yeah. kind of scary. Um, I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait, this hasn't happened yet. So there's still time for this to happen, which freaks me out. So so hopefully not, fingers crossed. But yeah, th- this starts out in Chicago and in uh, December 2023 kind of shows our uh, main, I, I don't know if he's the main character. Yeah, I guess the main character of the book, uh, kind of like in a department store and, and, and the stuff he's going through and then flashes back to 1973 in Milwaukee, where all of this is kind of starting to take place. There's the, uh, the, the deviant killer, um, you know, dressed as like a crazy psychotic looking Santa Claus with, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Like a porcelain doll face or something underneath all that. I, I'm not sure, but uh, he's killing and, and murdering and super gory stringing up young boys and stuff like that. And, and somebody else gets pinned for it, and and we visit that person in jail and do some interviews with him, and then kind of it looks like the book's going to wrap up, and then the murders start taking place again. So that's kind of what's going on in the book. There, uh, there's there's obviously themes here, and 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 a lot to dissect and talk about. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear y'all's perspective of it, uh, what you guys thought, and, and all of that. Uh, Benny, you had like some like pretty unique perspective on this so if, if you want to start with that that would be awesome yeah so the um two kind of characters we hang around with are both queer michael mm-hmm. is interviewing mr olsen for behind the christmas massacre uh call him randall right away, <laughs> yeah yeah and um they right away um one uh, identifies the other as queer uh, just by talking with them for a short while. And I thought it was pretty interesting to see how the story all kind of tied together. Um, it seems, I have it written down somewhere here, one sec. Uh, the interview with Mr. Olson talks about uh, what it's like to be uh, deviant or degenerate in the eyes of society. And it somewhat compares um, just criminal behavior to uh, homosexuality and queerness, which it kind of points out is a really bad comparison that some people can get pretty harmed whenever uh, you call each other extremely poor names uh, Mm -hmm. and how society just compares uh, the degeneracy with uh, anyone on the LGBT spectrum. Thankfully, society has progressed a lot better than the 70s, so we've come a (laughs) long way. 
Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, c- completely agreed. And, and I like that perspective because, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. When I, when I first cracked this open and we got into that part of, of Randall here and he was talking about that and everything, I get like, you know, and what anybody, uh, you know, their orientation is and all that, like I, I fully support, like none of that, you know, uh, matters to me in any negative way or anything, but, uh, there's certain words in here and, and me and Bob talked about this uh, whenever we did the uh, Harriet Tubman demon slayer uh, episode, it, you know, sometimes like to reflect what's going on or, or to speak in a certain way or whatever they, they use words that, you know, I, that aren't part of my vocabulary, you know, something that I wouldn't use. Like they, they use the N word a lot in that book. And, and me and Bob were like, we both love that book, but we're like, Ooh, you know, it, it's hard to even read that word in my head. You know, like I don't even, I'm almost bleeping out in my head because I'm just, it's so ingrained in me. Like, don't, like, that is not a word that, that you use, you know, uh, of course. And and in this book, there's some uh, words that I would consider like, you know, like a bad word, slanderous word or whatever for, mm. for queer people. Um, and I did the same thing. I was like, I was like, ooh, I don't want to say that out loud, or, you know, in my head, like, or whatever. I don't have a voice saying that word or whatever, but um but yeah, I mean, I get it for the character and everything, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of like taking that and like owning it in like some kind of different way or whatever, or not owning it, but, um, but taking that as, as, I don't know, it, it's super hard to, to articulate what I'm trying to say about it, but, uh, but it, it's, it's very yeah. interesting. It's very interesting because of course, JT4 is, a uh, thank you for that, um, is, is uh, queer himself and, and, you know, this this book is obviously, you know, going to have a little bit of himself in it. Now I wanted to ask you guys, especially, I wanted to know what you thought about this, Nick, um, because I have thoughts on it. What about the main character here? And his name's Michael Benny. Is that what you said? Cause I kept. Missing uh, his yes. Name. Michael. Okay, Michael. I think they, Michael. that's what they call him at the start. Okay. Yeah. So Michael being a comic book writer and, and going and interviewing this guy, like, what did you guys think about that? Um, because obviously, you know, standing in for, for JT four there a little bit, uh, having that perspective. And then of course saying things like, I don't do those kinds of books anymore. And, and all of that much like he won't do superhero books or, or write mm-hmm. Batman or anything anymore. And only does his <laughs> it's, creator own stuff. Um, it's really awesome. hard not, yeah, it's really hard not to see the parallels between the main character and, <laughs> yeah. and, and James, um, especially cause he does this, he's done this before he did this with uh, nice house on the lake. Uh, yep. The main character of that, the alien in that book, the main character of that is him. He's specifically stated that in interviews before, and all the the people that he invites to that to the lake house are all of his friends, and he's based them all on his friends. So it's hard not to see the parallels, especially when he <laughs> says something like, "What he is uh, queer. He is. He has glasses. He has yep. his haircut. <laughs> like he has similar uh, appearance. He mm-hmm. is a comic book writer. He's literally talking like it's him, and the fact that he." is interested in this um, serial killer and he's like interviewing him for some reason, which I thought that was really interesting because we don't really know why he's doing it. Yeah. He said that he's doing it for, um, for a book or for some purpose. And then the guy keeps saying, but that's not really why you're here, is it? And then we just don't really know why he's there. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, it's hard not to see the parallels between that. Obviously he puts, puts himself into this book a little bit. And uh, I just think I really want to know what is the relationship between this old guy and the main character, Michael uh, Randall. His name's Randall, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. The old guy who gets accused of killing the kids and um, Michael. I want to know what their relationship is, because when he 
gets back into the car with his boyfriend. He says, oh, what was he like? And he says, familiar. Like, he's like, oh, he's very familiar to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where I know him from, basically. So I'm very interested in that in the next issue. Yeah, that part almost threw me through a loop a little bit, too, because it. I, I was trying to read it, you know, for what it was. And and I was like, familiar? I'm not sure, like, what that means. Like, does that mean he feels like he knows him? Does that mean he's like a familiar type of person and, and giving the, sorry, given the the connotations of, of, you know, whatever may or may not have happened or he may or may not been a part of, I think it's, I guess it's safe to say it's pretty clear that he's been, you know, accused of this, but he's not the person that did it. Obviously we have, you know, a new, or it's, it's happening again. So, and he's incarcerated. So, so it's probably most likely not him uh, that did this in the past, but, um, but yeah, familiar seems odd. And then, uh, some of the dialogue that the, the character talks uh, about and everything too. Um, I was like familiar. I'm, I'm just not sure what he means by familiar. I, but I'm with you. I'm, I, I want to know what that means. I want to know how they flesh this out and everything, but there is this story is just like jam packed in this book. Like it is insane how much they got through in this and, and how much, I mean, it's, it's such a short comic. Like there's, you know, barely anything there, but we're going from, you know, 1973, we're in, we're in current time where we're, uh, we're seeing this killer almost get caught and then get away. We're seeing, uh, this guy in prison for it. And then all of this interview process, which pretty much, I feel like that kind of takes up the bulk of the book, but we also get some of this really insane, like gory slasher movie kills in here too. It's like jam packed. It's so dense, full of stuff. And, and they really get a lot out. Is this like, I, I didn't look. I should have looked ahead of time. I think this is just a three-part mini, though. No, I think this is four? this should okay. be nine, right? No, it, is it working? nine? Okay. Oh, I mean, wow. I'm seeing four solicited right now. I remember uh, seeing something that said one of nine on it, okay. and I and I remember thinking that's really long, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be I thought that long. I thought that this would be like a one out of five or one out of four, but one out of nine seems like pretty long, especially if this is like once a month. Yeah, it's like almost and an entire should, year. We should mention that uh, this first issue is a pretty long one as well, at around mm-hmm. forty pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and and I would say this uh, for anybody who hasn't read it yet, it's it's kind of it's not it's not deceiving or anything. But you crack open the book and there's you've got like a pretty good portion where there's not really any dialogue or there's very minimal dialogue. And then, of course, once we get into like the interview process and stuff like that, that thickens out a bit. But um, but it's not like super dialogue heavy or anything like it's, it's definitely not exposition heavy at all. Uh, James definitely knows how to write. So there's not exposition dumps or anything in here. But uh, it's I would say it's like a very, very good mixture of silent panels and then panels with very, very little dialogue and then like jam packed conversations in a panel. Which is, I, I feel like that's something, you know, a lot of people can't pull off. Uh, Benny, you were just talking to me about a New Mutants book that that I absolutely love. And Nick, we were talking about New Mutants uh, just a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I, I love Chris Claremont. Amazing, amazing writer. But, I mean, we all have to admit, you know, some of those books are just dense with dialogue. There's so much dialogue. It's like a novel with, with a, you know, some pictures in it. But, um, but to be able to, like walk that line of there's enough dialogue in here to tell you the story, but I'm really going to let the art breathe and tell the story um, is, is something that like James really, really nails. Like 
I think that's what makes him such a great writer. And that's why I end up loving all of his projects. Um, there's honestly not even a book I can think of of his that I don't love. The only one that I haven't read that I can think of off the top of my head is I, I still haven't dove into the, the closet book. I haven't read that yet. Mm. I don't know if you guys have read that or not, but um, I've heard. I have read that. Yeah. It. yeah. Okay. It's really short and it's only three books, which kind of okay. like off puts it off put me a little bit because I was like, oh man, like, cause I wish it was longer. That's, yeah. that's a good problem to have though, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but it was only three books and I thought it was good for what it was, which was just like a three part mini series about like the, uh, he always does the good parallels of like the horrors of society and the horrors, uh, that are like supernatural or the unknown. And mm -hmm. I really like that about this too, because we, this thing, this, whatever, whatever's killing people does not seem like human <laughs> to me. Because oh, cool. maybe because of the face and like mm -hmm. the beard is covering, and then like you said, it was like a porcelain type of mask. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really seem like it's like a a, a human creature to me, which is uncannily thin and tall as well. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like that he he um he has those parallels between like the um the horrors of society and the horrors of like the unknown. Um, and I think that's really cool. And uh, yeah, I. I do really, we haven't gotten into this though, but like, yeah, like Benny said, I love the design of the, the creature or the person. I love yeah. that it's just like a hunched over uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> and he's like, he looks like super larger than life, like really skinny and tall, almost like a, like a Paul Bunyan kind of figure. <laughs> yeah. He's like got the axe and everything. <laughs> I really like his design. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool design. It's very interesting. It's It's almost like, I don't, I don't know uh, exactly how to word that, but like, it's, it's more like creepy than imposing or something. Um, I, I almost feel like it would be, I, I don't know, maybe like easy to outmaneuver it or something, but, but probably not. I mean, it's so like in its presence, you would just be, you know, stand still and <laughs> not know what to do. Uh, he looks like he has so much reach. Yeah. Yeah. Could just oh, reach yeah, over and grab you. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not going anywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> So what about the kills in this? Are you guys like e either of you big like horror or slasher fans or, or anything like that? Because this has some this actually has some interesting kills for a comic book. Pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah I hear um, on this. The, the first I think the first body we see is this amazing tense reveal where this old lady is going through a store and there are these long and uh thin panels and it gets closer and closer and then you flip the page to a corpse sitting in a chair with its eyes gouged out just covered in blood and then you flip to the next scene with little time to stay on it and uh the reveal might be my favorite in this comic yeah that was a that was an interesting very interesting reveal and then you know from there like we have that and then and then we flash over to the the police you know out chasing the the deviant killer and and everything and then they open what is that like a i, I don't I'm, I'm not sure where they go into but where the where the two kids are like strung together um, it's like a barnyard door that's what i was assuming like a bar yeah yeah okay yeah here we are yeah like a barn just your average then, abandoned farm <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. So, you know those those are out there um of course but, yeah you know and and i do like that i like that you say that benny because you know of, of course i've watched way too many horror movies in my life and all of that but every time you do see like an abandoned building, a, a barn out in the middle of nowhere, a, like a closed down factory or whatever, like 
does your mind ever go to, God, I wonder what kind of shady shit's going on in there. Like, <laughs> oh, every single time. Yeah. I'm like, I really respect like the urban explorer people who just go like break into like abandoned buildings. Cause I'm like, y'all are crazy, dude. I'd never go in there. Now, now, now whatever happened in there is going to be pinned on you. <laughs> like, no, not happening. Yeah. But, um, uh, talk about, talk about the kills though. The, mm -hmm. um, when the lady, what Benny was describing of the lady going through the department store and then seeing the yes. guy in the Santa chair and everything like that, the thing that really like grosses me out about that kind of stuff is the sounds and it's just yes. gurgle, gurgle, and it's just gurgle, gurgle. So he's alive, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? He has to be because he's gurgling. Yeah, exactly. And he's like and gurgling and his eyes are gout. We could talk about how disgusting the kills are. <laughs> and like, I, can't, I think we're kind of understating it. His eyes are gouged out. It looks like mm -hmm. something has been done to his mouth. Like that yep. was gouged out. And like maybe his tongue got ripped out or something like that. There's blood everywhere. And then when we get to the barnyard, there's two boys strung up. Like, and these are supposed to be young boys. So this isn't like, like uh, adults or anything like that. And they're completely naked. They're strung up with wrapping ribbon, uh, Christmas lights. And they're also what looks like to be like either gutted or castrated. So this isn't like for the yeah. faint of heart, like looking at stuff no. like this. <laughs> no, no, no. This is pretty yeah, gross is, stuff. Like this it's is not very intense. It's not like easy, easy going James Tynan stuff where we're just like, oh, you know, like there's creatures, there's monsters. No, these is, this is like disgusting. You know, like to the point where like the police officers are throwing up. And I'm like not going to show that that yeah. And I'm not going to show that full page spread there um, because it's like like Nick said, it's pretty intense. But they're fashioned together, like you know, like kind of back not not quite back to back but like you know side to side basically with their arms up and you know with with i don't know what that's called uh ribbon around them and then and ornaments and lights like they look like a christmas tree uh it's yeah terrifying um that is a terrifying visual image like i will have nightmares about that tonight and uh, <laughs> thanks a lot Josh Hickson and James, uh, whatever the hell your last name is for, for putting that in my brain because I didn't want to think about it. But yeah, uh, like you said, it's, I, I'm not sure what's implied there. I don't know if they're gutted or if something else has happened, but it's very intense. Yeah. Very intense. Visual. Um, that, look, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We're, we're, you know, cutting it close to the 30 minute mark and, and, and it's hard to, like I said before, at, at, at the top of this, it's densely packed. So for us to break down everything in this book, you know, it would be a three-hour podcast, and 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 nobody has time for that. But um, but yeah. this is this is there's so much to explore in this book. Like if you've not picked this up, or if you picked it up and you haven't read it yet, like absolutely crack this book open. It's well worth the read. It's very very good. And and like you were just saying, and like you said before, Benny, um, this is not for for like squeamish people, like if, if gore and stuff, like if you can't handle that, you're probably gonna have to stay away from this book. It's a little intense. Uh, but it's the narrative is so good. It's, it's written so well. The perspective in here is so cool. The, the kind of stand in for, for, uh, James the fourth there. And, and, you know, uh, his, his life as a comic book writer and, and his, uh, you know, out as a, a queer person in, in the world of comic books and everything, like all comes across in this book. Um, it's stuff that, you know, is out there that he's talking about uh, through his art and everything. And I, I respect the hell out of that. I think that's very, very cool, you know, to, to get that out and talk about it in whatever, whatever way, because, um, you know, I, I don't want to stand on the soapbox here and I, I can't, you know, relate in the way of, of, you know, experience or anything, but I am like a huge advocate for the 
LGBT plus community and, and all of that. So, uh, so I support the hell out of that, you know, uh, being out there and, and, and that being part of the conversation. I think that's very, very cool and very, very good. And, um, and who the hell doesn't love James Tiny in the fourth? So, or, or Tiny in the fourth, or or whatever Nick said his name was. So, <laughs> you'll get it one day, Dan. I think you'll get it. I, I told you once he comes on the show, I'm I'm going to continue. No, you can't say that because you said that about Michael Dianalysis or whatever. Uh, I, I did, didn't I? Didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot his last name. Close. Yeah, see, I always see, think I, I always I think it's like so Dialysis. Saying it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he told me that when we were talking. Uh, he was like, you know, people have called me Michael dialysis before oh, okay <laughs> he yeah. was like just don't say that and i was like oh i probably already did but all right <laughs> anyway uh, so yeah i had a couple other things to say about like yeah, the please, dialogue please. back and forth but uh benny is there anything that like stood out to this for you was there anything that was like uh i don't know is there any like panels that you were like oh this is great or dialogue that you thought was cool there's one piece of dialogue um going back to the conversations about the writer uh, writing comics uh, there's money in it. You'd be surprised. That sounds a bit like James the Fourth peeking through a, um, <laughs> his narrative. Oh, yeah. uh, one big thing I'd like to say, the balance of horror in this is simply great. With the cuts back between time and the pacing and the uh, contrast of the claustrophobic panels with the full spreads of a menacing figure or a corpse... Oh, it is just wonderfully done. Probably the most underrated things about comics is that they can show passages of time in a relatively easy way just by placing a bunch of panels together or spreading them apart. And we don't really talk about pacing a lot, but the pacing in this was perfect. Like when they're in close quarters, the panels are small. When there's like a big open scene, the panels are big. We don't really think about stuff like that. But like that has to be communicated to the artist a lot of the time to make sure that they know that like, there's a certain passage of time going besides the fact that it says Milwaukee 2023 or Chicago 2023 or whatever. Uh, there was one piece of uh, dialogue between them two. Cause it's very like, um, like I love the interview process with yeah. this kind of stuff, like the crime scene type stuff. I've always been interested in that. I also like the, the killer aspect. He says, uh, Mr. Olson, right. He calls him Mr. Olson. And then he says, Randall's fine. Like he's mm -hmm. trying to make him more comfortable being with him. And then he also says, you want me to react harder, don't you? And I just thought, and the, the harder word was bold. And I was like, ew, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> like that was so gross. And it's because he knows that he's gay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And he's just trying to make him feel more like, like that he knows and he's giving him like hints into like, you know, I know that you're, you're gay. Like he's like, I'm gay. Like I can totally tell when someone else is like that too. He's like, you don't have to tell me. We could just act how we are. He also calls himself an old queen. I thought that was great. Yeah. I was about <laughs> oh, to say yeah. that. That was really good. <laughs> uh, but this guy's eyes are like this Randall guy. He's like, I'm an old queen. And like, you know, when we uh, think of like the tropes or like the, uh, like what uh, a, a gay man, I think of like Los Angeles, West Hollywood and like very flamboyant and stuff like that. And this guy's got, like, he's balding. He's got like slick back hair. His eyes are sunken in. He doesn't look mm -hmm. the best. Like it's just, it kind of throws away the facade of like, uh, you, you don't really know what someone is just by the way that they look. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which, exactly. And he looks and like a killer and he's probably not. Yep. And, and he's reduced to, you know, uh, what his life has been in prison for all this time and all that. Like, there's not much you, you can you can do with your your looks or anything there, I guess. Uh, 
I, I'm, I'm with you though. That interview process, I really loved that part of the book. And, and that's pretty much the bulk of the book uh, with, with a lot of other things going on. But it, I, I haven't watched this movie enough to, to say like, you know, side by side or anything. They're obviously two very different things going on, but like that, the silence of the lambs, um, it mm-hmm. just like, it gave me those kind of vibes. You know, she's got to go straight to the guy in prison to catch the other guy or whatever the hell was going on in silence of the lambs. And, uh, and, and like, they have to talk, you know, one-on-one together. So she's got to like, you know, take herself out and, and be very vulnerable with this guy and talk to him and everything. And like, I, I see like a parallel to that somewhat, but again, like I, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think it's a rip or anything. Like it's a very different story, but, um, but I really like that about this. I think that's the only thing I like about silence of the lambs because uh, I'll be the first to say, I hate that movie. I hate anything that oh, has wow. anything to do with eating people I can't handle. So that's like my biggest fear in the world is like someone eating someone else. So no thanks. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like that part of this book. I think it's really cool. And it's like, the way that they're that that James and, and and Josh are able to make this feel really close. And somebody said claustrophobic earlier. I don't know which one of you yeah. it was, but like, but I feel me. that way. Like I feel like I'm in that room with them. Like they do so well at, at this view and making you feel like, you know, there's a camera in the room capturing this conversation and everything. It's just done masterfully. This is this is top-notch comic book writing. And really insanely good uh, illustration on top of that. Uh, but guys, I, I don't know. We're, we're at like the 35-minute mark. I don't want to take it too much longer. Uh, just give me your final impressions of the book. Um, I will go ahead and say first, outstanding. I love this book. I thought it was really, really cool. And I cannot wait to check out issue number two, which drops December 20th. So just a few days before Christmas. How cool is that? Uh, so I really liked it a lot. And then whoever wants to go next, uh, please, uh, raise your hand and wait for Nick to call on you. Go ahead, Benny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I definitely think this will be a great Christmas gift to yourself and treat yourself nice to a holiday massacre with this murder mystery. (laughs) I can't say it. I can't say that any better. I'm not going to say anything. It's a good book. Can you imagine? Look, that goes on like the, that's like the little quote on like the bottom of the graphic novel. Like it'll be like, uh, it'll have that quote and it'll say uh, from Benny uh, on all different number one comics podcasts. But yeah, uh, I'm with you. You know, maybe, maybe just don't give it to, you know, a little, little kid who's like scared of like gore or still believes in Santa or anything, you know, for Christmas. But other than that. (laughs) Yeah. Don't give it to anybody who, doesn't want to see two naked boys tied up and castrated yeah. and murdered. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you though, Nick. Please, your your final thoughts and then your thumbs up. I I will read the second one. I will read anything that this guy puts out, pretty much. So uh, it's just like a it's a no brainer for me. And uh, didn't get to say this before. Art is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I love that he doesn't get too much into detail with things mm-hmm. a lot of the time, but yeah. the lighting, the art, the coloring, very cold, very like dark, very distant. Love that kind of stuff too. So I thought this book just hit on all notes for me. So I'll give it like an eight point. I usually do. I don't usually do rating system, but I did it on our first <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to do it right now. I give it like an eight, yeah. 8.6 out of 10, which is a good, really good score for me. So. Oh yeah, eight point six out of ten. Uh, that's I don't know. You, you work at school. That's like a B or something, right? But yeah, um, yeah sure. Great, IB. Great grade first. Yep, it's a great grade. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I really like the book a lot. Uh, and and just to shout that out one more time. Yeah, I'm the 
the tone of, of the illustration here really, really fits the writing. So, so the combination of, of these, these two working together just knocks it out of the park. Super good. Firing on all cylinders. Love it. Make sure you guys check out issue number two. Again, dropping five days before Christmas on December 20th. Uh, Benny, Nick, thank you guys so very much for joining me today to talk about the Deviant. Much appreciated. And unless you guys thank have you. anything else to say, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for having me. Uh, Very nice. To see have a good Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, have some nice Christmas dreams about this book. <laughs> All right. Me and my girl are going to Mexico. Yeah. Heck yeah. Nice. Yeah. How awesome. about you guys? How, how are you guys doing? Uh, great. I'm, I'm actually researching. It's funny you say, uh, I mentioned you're working in school. I'm researching to look up a job, uh, in school for behavioral management, um, or resource teacher. We need oh, those. Nice. That's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Sweet. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah, dude, I've been good. I, I think I told you last week, um, I had like a show coming up. So, so I played last night and it was like the, it was cool, but it was like the wackiest thing ever. Like I, we actually played at an elementary school. So, um, and it was both of my bands. So it was like a little like fall festival fundraiser thing. So I played like outside, sorry, outside, like on this stage. And then immediately when I was done, this band, you know, went on after us, I had to like grab my stuff and then run inside to the auditorium to play with the other band. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play what, what the same of- instrument in both bands? Yeah. Yeah. I only played drums, nothing else. So. And then what type of music was it? Like, so the, the first band is the, uh, the like top 40 cover band, like the pop uh, cover band basically. And then the other yeah. bands, like the indie folk band. Oh, got you. Yeah. Nice. But it was nice. like, it was, it was weird. It was like super wacky. Like the, the one inside the auditorium, like the indie folk band, like we didn't play any of our music. We played like some weird background music that we wrote. And then like little kids came up on stage and sang like it was, it was fun. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> That's what cool. Else? Yeah, yeah, lots of fun. But heck yeah. So we got stuff going on, man. I'm 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 hanging out in elementary schools. Uh you're you're going to Mexico. Uh Benny was just telling me that he's got like some cool trivia he's going to tonight. So we're making things happen. Look at us. We're not lazy comic book readers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benny Benny, you a huge trivia guy or what? Um yeah, I've uh, it's a pretty small community on island and a bunch of people will every now and again try their hand at hosting trivia and I love going to uh, support people whenever they do it. Uh, this time my friend is doing the trivia. Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Did you, have you ever thought about doing that, hosting one? Ooh, um, <laughs> that would be that would be a lot to take on at the moment, but it would be fun to do for like a small group of friends or something like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there, around here there's like br- tons of breweries that always do trivia, and I always like, I always want to play, but then I hear the questions. I'm like, I have, I must be horrible at trivia because I am not <laughs> good at getting any of those questions right. Do you, yeah, you know I what? I think the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the same thing. But like a couple of months ago, my friend took me out for my birthday, and we went to like this little brewery and and did trivia, and like. Like between me and him, we got like we only missed like two questions. Like the whole time was like forty questions. Like we like nailed it. Um, oh wow! Still didn't come in first place, but <laughs> but it was pretty cool. So yeah, you, you know more than you think you do. That's that's always the case. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, but, fun to yeah. untuck those little bits of knowledge. Yeah, you're like, wait a second, I know that. So I, yeah. I'm always great at Jeopardy, but I know the second, like if I if I was to be on Jeopardy, like I, I'd have no clue. I'd be like, what? Uh, what's the letter A? <laughs> what? <laughs> what's two? I'd have like no idea. I'd, I'd be terrible at the pressure of that. Like that would suck. Yeah. Uh, so Dan, before we get started, here's a little bit of trivia. How do you say our author's name? Oh God, no, don't. Uh, so look, Steve Fox and, um, uh, and Michael, um, Dial- D- nope, can't say his name either. Um, they both have like yelled at me for, for not being able to say James Tinian's name, but, uh, I, that's what Michael was telling me last time. He was like, look, it's, it's like tie, like a tie, like James Tinian. And I was like, okay, okay. My bad. Um, so I'll go I've, with James Tinian the fourth. I've read or seen or heard that it's Tynan. It's not really? even Tinian. Okay. It might be. Yeah, so, uh, I heard it was James Tynan. That's what I've heard. Which look, is weird. I, I keep shouting him out like every episode. I'm like, dude, come on the show and tell me how to say your name. But you know, <laughs> he's, he's too much of a comic book rock star to answer back to me. So uh, we all know he's listening, but but he just doesn't want to come on and, and teach us how to pronounce his name. So, whatever. Maybe if I get his name right, James Tynan, come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, come on down. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, things is I, I listen to a comic book podcast where they just kind of like they talk about like every single book that's out like every week and just like do a little blurb on each one. And they always like they can't say his name either, so they're just like JT the fourth, and I'm like or, or JT four. I'm like I like that. <laughs> The fourth so. iteration of Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Man, he, hey, he's starting to look there. like, have you guys seen him recently? He's lost so much weight. He looks really, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was like, damn, um, I need to get on that diet. That dude's killing it. Compa- compared to, I think, when um, Nice House on the Lake came out, which was like mm-hmm. not even that long ago. It was like two or three yeah. years ago. Yep. Uh, he's, lost, he's lost a ton of weight, which, which is yeah. crazy. I remember seeing interviews with him on nice house on the lake and then seeing interviews now and there's a huge change yeah yeah really big and i mean you know not to not to shame anybody i mean you know do whatever's good for you but like uh but yeah i mean he was a big guy like really really big and yeah he slimmed down a lot he looks great so mm-hmm. awesome for yeah. him but congrats to him yeah, man. yeah exactly maybe if we compliment him enough then he'll come on the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it was just- uh, 